are now listening to the Legends Lingo Podcast, presented by CouchGuysSports.com. Here are your hosts, Al. You didn't ask him about I that long? I was getting there, Beetle. Now, what the holy fuck kind of host are you? I mean, you're Beetle, burying the lead. shit, dude. Someone Chris is... trip, please. Powder. Yes, sir. And Maddie D. Uh, and on top of that, now you have a triple effect. You have... The Niners looking for a long-term answer with Jimmy G in-house. Maybe they don't want to spend the money on Jimmy G. Maybe he gets freed up because they go after a guy like Teddy Bridgewater, who now theoretically could be freed up. So there's a lot of dominoes to fall. Enjoy the show. All right, everybody. Welcome back in Legends Lingo Podcast, episode 155. That's right, 155. Five, two fives this week, one five five presented by Couch Guy Sports and CouchGuysports.com. Remember, check out everything on CouchGuysports.com, daily blogs, podcasts all over the place. Our Twitch channel is four to five days a week. Our YouTube channel posts podcast episodes up there of the Couch Guy Sports podcast, Legends Lingo podcast, Talk Rule Takes, Suplex Biddies, and a bunch of others. Make sure to check that out. Check out our store. We're going to be rebranding it. I've said it multiple times, but we're going to continue to work on that. Alan Hegan here. Tom Powder Cabin is here chugging. I think it's his strawberry milk. I don't. I don't yep. know. What are, What are you drinking? Yep, strawberry milk. Strawberry milk looks like Oakland Hearst. Is that the, Is that the brand? Yes, it is. No oh. free ads, but no free ads. But Oakland Hearst. Make sure to get your chocolate milk there. Make sure to indulge in it very, yep. very well. Alan Hegan, Tom Powder Cabin. No Maddie DeRozier might be switching the times up a little bit. Maybe getting this podcast out later. To accommodate times on the pod, but that's all right. Yep. We're cool with it. We love it. Powder, how are you, my friend? I'm doing good. Just living the dream. Love my job. Love my life right now. So just living the dream. How are you, Al? I wish I could say the same. You know, I'd say living the dream, but that would be a blatant lie. You know, <laughs> just a lot of a lot of stress at work, a lot of stress with, you know, the couch guy. Yeah. I wouldn't say stress with couch guy, because couch guy is fun. It's just, you know, you yeah. gotta deal with the the daily ins and outs of the website. And oh, yeah. then obviously, you know, as a fellow coach yourself, you know, coaching and going through winter season into spring season. But yes. I know one thing, Powder. I need some energy. I yes. need it right now. And I can get it from our friends. You know from where, Powder? Yes, I do. Tell me the name of the company. Shocked Energy. You better believe it's Shocked Energy. Have you ever been able to unfocus and get focused? You're tired and you're just low on energy? We understand that feeling. We understand it so well that the Legends Lingo podcast is brought to you by, obviously, Couch Guy Sports Network and sponsored by our friends over at Shocked Energy. Shocked Energy is a drink made by podcasters and gamers for podcasters and gamers. All their flavors compact with 180 milligrams of caffeine to ensure that no matter what you're doing, your focus will always be razor sharp to keep you performing at the top of your game. Their formulas are designed to specifically give you high energy boosts when you need it the most while ensuring to avoid the jitters after too much caffeine consumption head on over to shockedenergy.com right now and use the promo code cgsn today for 10 percent off your order check out their green apple flavor as well as their watermelon flavor powder flashing up the big one oh powder and i are watermelon guys we've acknowledged yep. it multiple times Matty D's a green apple guy but it's okay you know we'll keep him around for for the sports takes not for his reference of energy drink flavors <laughs> oh and by the way don't worry Shocked Energy ships worldwide. That's right, worldwide. So if you are in Africa, Asia, Australia, Norway, Sweden, uh, Japan, wherever you listen to this podcast, you can get Shocked Energy today. Get your Shocked Energy at this moment and let us help you gain your focus and your energy back. 10% off, shockedenergy.com. 
promo code CGSN. A lot to talk about tonight. <clears throat> Patriots and Dolphins wrapped up their regular season. Surprise, surprise, Patriots lost to Miami. That's like a shocker. What else is new? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Patriots are in the playoffs. We will preview their opponent, and we will be doing our annual Legends Lingo NFL playoff picks. It's going to be Powder. It's going to be myself. Yeah. Maybe we'll get Maddie DeRozier on there. We'll, we'll, we'll see if we can text him in time, see if he can submit his picks. We're going to talk a little bit about the Celtics and Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. A few people had a few things to say about them. There's a very popular Bruin that's back in the fold, and the Red Sox may be landing an international superstar. But first, Powder. We got to talk real quick. Season finale, Patriots go down to Miami. It, same old story. Patriots can't play well in Miami. I, I actually saw a staff. We're, not a staff. A stat. Statistic. I need that shocked energy to kick in. <laughs> yes, you do. I saw a stat, Powder. Do you want to know what the Patriots record is in Miami under Bill Belichick when they play in December and January at Miami? 11 games. Say- 11 games, I would say probably three and eight. Very close. Two and nine. Jeez. They are two and nine. When the Patriots play at Miami in the month of December or January under Bill Belichick, they are two and nine. They just can't get it done against Miami. Don't know Mm -hmm. what it is. Which means the Dolphins have won the last three of the four matchups over the last two years because, obviously, Patriots play the Dolphins twice a year because they're in division. I mean – this game powder, it looked like, I'm not going to lie to you, it looked like a September game. It looked like a game where a lot of mental mistakes, some physical mistakes, Mac Jones fumbling inside the red zone, throwing a pick six. He didn't have his best game. You know, and the defense just couldn't stop the run play option. They just couldn't stop Tua Tagovailoa running that R- those mm-hmm. RPOs all day long. And it was what it was. And then the last play of the game, of course, they're trying the, the miracle play. And they, I think it was, I forget who caught it. I think it might have been. Nelson Aguilar like tried to pitch it back and it goes right into the Miami guys' hands in the end zone. And that was just like, mm. all right, like this game's over. But overall thoughts on the Miami game powder. Did you have any takeaways from it? So unfortunately, I was unable to watch this game. I was working on Sunday, so over able- Yeah. Um, first ever um select softball event went out very well. So um, but from everything I saw and everything I heard. Just like you said, Al, sloppy game. Patriots did make it close. At one point, I kept trying to check the score when I had a minute. And at one point, I looked, and they're down, I think, 17-7. I was like, great. They're just going to get the doors blown off. And and then they made a game. I think I saw 27-24 at one point, which was good to see them have a nice comeback, start playing well. But like we've said, it was kind of predictable that they probably would lose in Miami, not what you want to do to end the season, but you never know. Who knows? Maybe Belichick just had a game plan. Maybe he want, wanted to go, um, want to play Buffalo. But um, I think it's just a t- – I don't like losing the week before the playoffs because now you're kind of – you have a sour taste in your mouth going into the playoffs instead of coming, out, coming off on a high. So – I don't think it was the best thing in the world for Patriots, but you never know. I think they're prepared for the playoffs now. No, excuse me. I think they are too. I think it's a situation where I agree. I think they looked ahead a little bit. I think they were like, you know what? Either way, it doesn't matter because we're in playoffs and we're either going to get the five seed or three seed. And it wouldn't have mattered because Buffalo beat the Jets. So Buffalo would have won the division, even if the Patriots beat the Dolphins on Sunday. So that wouldn't have mattered. So either way, the Patriots would have been on the road. 
And so with that being said, we're just, I think we're just going to roll right into it. I mean, the Dolphins game, it's over. Brian Flores fired out of Miami. That was one of the surprises on NFL's. uh, Very surprised. That was the surprise of the day. So NFL's, and I put this in air quotes, Black Monday, where after the regular season ends, coaches will get fired. You know, GMs will get fired. Some other notable names that got fired. Uh, Matt Nagy of the Chicago Bears got fired. Mike Zimmer of Minnesota Vikings fired. Joe Judge of the New York Giants fired. Vic Fangio of the Broncos fired. Trying to think if there's any other ones. Did I miss any that are really big? I think those were the main four. Yeah, I think those are pretty much everybody. Okay. So, so anyways, we're going to move on. NFL playoffs are here. And here are the matchups that are occurring throughout the league. The six-seed Las Vegas Raiders, who in an overtime win against the Los Angeles Chargers, knocking the Chargers out of the playoffs. Mm -hmm. They are the six-seed. They will travel to Cincinnati take on Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. The seven-seed Philadelphia Eagles will take on the number two-seed Tom Brady-led Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Jimmy G and the San Francisco 49ers head down to Dallas to take on Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys. Big Ben Roethlisberger and the seven seed, the nine, seven, and one, seven seed Pittsburgh Steelers travel to Arrowhead to take on Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. And finally, the Monday night playoff game, which I, I find interesting, Powder, a Monday night playoff game. What's a, have we ever had that? I don't think so. I, I think you're right. I don't think so either. Is the Arizona Cardinals going down, take on Sean McVay, Matthew Stafford, and all those guys in the LA Rams. And of course, the five versus the four seed in the AFC East wild card round. The number five seed, New England Patriots, travel to the number four seed, Buffalo Bills. It's the Patriots. It's the Bills round three. Yeah. <clears throat> so to kind of go back on it for a second, if you recall the last two meetings this year, so first meeting was in Buffalo raining, snowing, terrible. Patriots ran the ball 46 times. Patriots come away with a 14-10 victory in the midst of their seven-game win streak during the regular season. I think that was the last game they won of the win streak, Powder. Yeah, pretty sure that's what it was. I'm pretty sure it was, too. Because then they lost to Indy. They lost to Buffalo at home, which we'll go over a second. Pete Jacksonville lost to Miami. But I digress. So after that win, two weeks later, or actually, no, three weeks later, because the Patriots had a bye. Three weeks later, mm-hmm. Buffalo comes to New England, plays a much better football game. Buffalo wins the football game 33-21. Josh Allen, really good game. Three touchdowns, no interceptions. Now it's round three. And I I can't believe that I saw something today. I don't know if you saw this on Twitter, Powder, but I saw on Twitter, I think it was NBC Sports Boston came out with a poll. I, I liked your tweet. I know exactly what you're about to say. Should Mac Jones... If Mac Jones struggles early on in the playoff game, should Brian Hoyer come in and play? And nearly 80% of you are smart and said no. For the 20% that said yes, where are your heads at? I, I, w- I would like to hear your thinking. If you want to come on this podcast and explain to me how you can say yes to that poll, I would love to listen. Yep, I would too. Because Powder has the control. And if he, me and him were just looking at each other like this person had like five heads, we'd just kick him out of the conversation. Yep. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. But anyways, it's going to be that type of week. Multiple-time guest, Zach Jessiero, noted Buffalo Bills fan. It's going to be a rough week for him, rough week for Patriots fans. But let's preview this game. So, obviously, we know the deal with the Bills. 
one of, if not the best passing defenses in the league. Run defense is right in the middle. You have Josh Allen. Powder, I want to hear your thoughts first because I'm still trying to wrap my brain around the fact that the Patriots are playing the Bills for a third time this Mm -hmm. season. Is this the playoff matchup you wanted? What do you want to see? Give us your thoughts. It's not the playoff match. I play a matchup I want to see because I think going up against the Bengals, a less experienced team in the playoffs is a lot better. The Bills, what was it, last year made all the AFC championship game and where I'm pretty sure they were being the Chiefs for a little bit of that game. And then I think the Bills really want to prove to people that now that Brady's gone, they're the AFC East Kings and they really want to make it to Super Bowl and hopefully not lose four in a row again, but sorry, Zach, but, uh, but I think the, I just think this is going to be a tough matchup for Patriots. It's tough playing a team three times in a year. And I think the bills are a very good team. I think their defense is very good. I think Josh Allen has really come to his own as one of the better quarterbacks in the league. Stefan Diggs, having him as a reliable target is awesome. It's just, um, I just think this is a tough matchup for the Patriots first round, especially being in Buffalo. It's going to be from what I saw, I think it's going to be like seven degrees. It's going to be freezing there. So maybe that could help the Patriots because they'll just run the ball and maybe not rely on the passing game. But I still think no matter what, this is going to be a tougher matchup than if they played the Bengals this week. See, I'm right with you because I wanted the Bengals for a couple of reasons. First of all, like you said, the lack of playoff experience, and this is going to sound crazy, but I like the coaching matchup better if you play the Bengals. I think Bill oh, Belichick is a better head coach than Zach Taylor. I yeah. think that you have guys in Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. Yeah, they won a, a national championship in college at LSU, but that doesn't translate to the pros. That doesn't mean anything yeah. in the pros. You know, like Cincinnati has a great offense. Their offensive line is very weak. They had yeah. to literally draft offensive linemen to build around Joe Burrow because he got hurt in 2020. And you had a 4-12 and record. Yeah. When back when it was 16 games. So I would have loved the Cincinnati matchup. I don't like this Bills matchup at all. I think that it's a situation where the Bills aren't afraid of the Patriots. They prove that they can beat them in New England. Now they're home. They're going to want revenge, especially for the last time. Both these teams played at Orchard Park. So I don't like this matchup at all. I, this is the matchup I was trying to avoid. Mm. And it was two seconds away from being the Chargers and the Raiders. And it just, it, yeah. Yeah. I just would have rather had the Bengals. It would have been such a better. Oh, I agree. But it is what it is. You have to do it. This is what I'm going to say really quick. And then powder, if you have any other things you want to add, feel free. And then we're going to get into our NFL wildcard picks as a podcast. If Mac Jones can stay in that 15 to like 23 area of pass attempts, I'm okay with that. I don't think you should only throw the ball three times like you did the first time in Buffalo. I think that's dumb. But I also don't think Mac Jones should be throwing the ball more than 25 to 30 times. I think that's getting too much, and you're making the kid work too much. And not necessarily work too much, but you're having him throw too much, and that means you're down. There's one way the Patriots can win this game. Got to play a clean game. No turnovers, no mental mistakes, no dumb penalties. Have to play Close to a perfect game against yeah. Buffalo. It's the only way. Any thoughts, Powder? We'll give our scores and then we'll pre then we'll give our score predictions for the wild card games. Yeah, I just think I think 
the Patriots, like you said, need to play a perfect game. They need to find ways to keep the ball, like not turn over the ball. And if they can, I think they can win this game. I think there is a way the Patriots win this game, but I just think it's such a tough matchup for them. They're going to have to, like you said, play perfect. All right. What do you got for a score? What's the final? I hate to say this, but I think it's going to be, I'm going to say, I'm going to say 24 14 Bills. I hate you. That was the score I had. That was <laughs> the exact same score I had. All right. So, you know what? We're just, I'm not even going to give a different score because him, Powder and I are on the same page. Yeah. Like the Bills, the Bills are going to win this game. They're going to, Josh Allen's going to play well. I think he's going to have a turnover this game, but it's going to be at a time. But the Patriots aren't going to take advantage. They're going to fall behind early and then they're going to have to play catch up. And that's not who they are. If they're not ahead, then they can't come back. Not with this offense right now. So, Bills 24 14. Patriots had a good season. They're ahead of schedule. Yes. And you know what? Bow bow out in the wild card round and make some adjustments and get a couple pieces in the offseason, maybe probably in the draft because you don't have a lot of. Uh, cap room because you yeah. spent in the 2021 off season, mm-hmm. but you're, you're, you're ahead of schedule. Yeah. So, all right. We do this every year. We're going to do it again this year. We do have Maggie DeRozier's wild card picks. So it's the same thing every year. We're just pick the winner, no spread. And whoever has the best mm-hmm. record is the overall champion of the podcast. I think I, did I win last year? I think you did. Okay, I think I won last year. Yeah. I don't know who won the year before. Yeah. I might have won two years in a row. I don't know. Yeah. But, all right, here we go. Powder, you want to start in the AFC or you want to go NFC? What do you want to do first? Let's do NFC. Okay, NFC, Sunday afternoon matchup. The 1 o'clock matchup features the Philadelphia Eagles, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I know the joke is Brady can't beat the Eagles, but remember, he beat them in 4 yeah. in that Super Bowl when Donovan McNabb was quarterback. The Buccaneers, they shouldn't lose this game to the Eagles. The Eagles are lucky to be in the playoffs. So I'm going with Tampa Bay, plain simple. Oh, I have to I have to agree with that one. I just think Tampa Bay is a much better team. And Matty DeRozier also had Tampa Bay over Philly. So across the board, Legends Lingo takes Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. All right. Next game, Sunday afternoon, late afternoon, 4.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. San Francisco 49ers taking on the Dallas Cowboys. This is a game that I think, and I think this is the six versus three matchup, if yes. I'm not mistaken. So the 49ers taking on the Cowboys, and you know what? I think the 49ers will make this a game, but I don't think it's going to be a situation where the 49ers are going to have enough. The Cowboys have too much firepower on offense, yeah. plain and simple. Dak wants to get back. He wants to try to get to the Cowboys to a Super Bowl, especially after last year, after he got hurt and the Cowboys went down south, like downhill really quick. I'm going with the Dallas Cowboys in this game, plain and simple. I hate to keep agreeing with you, but I've had the Cowboys as a darker Super Bowl, Super Bowl contender this year with how loaded I think the NFC is, and I think that the Cowboys win this game. And Maddie DeRozier agrees with us, so we are all across the board for Dallas. Yeah. All right. Last NFC game, five seed Cardinals against the four seed Rams, a Monday night game, 8, 15 PM Eastern standard time on Martin Luther King jr. Day. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Dr. King Cardinals Rams. 
this is an interesting matchup because on paper powder, you think this would be close. Yeah. I don't know. You can go first for this one. Who do you like in this matchup? I think this will be a good game, but I think the Rams pull it out late because I think Sean McVay or yeah, McVay. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, has a lot of playoff experience being to a Super Bowl. Um, I think that just helps him. And I think the Rams pull this one out late. Okay. So Powder's going with the Rams. I got to go with the Rams too. I mean, a Cliff Kingsbury led team that starts Mm -hmm. out hot at the beginning of the year and fizzles out at the end of the year. Excuse me. Cardinals had a nice win in Dallas a couple weeks ago, but you know what? I think the, I think the Cardinals are pretenders. I think they're frauds and I don't see them making really a run. So I'm going with the Rams in this one. And surprisingly, Maddie DeRozier has taken the Cardinals over the Rams. Ooh. So we got a little, a little difference there. So Maddie's taking yeah. the Cardinals powder and I are taking the Rams. So that could be big if the Cardinals pull it off. Yeah. All right. So we are done with the NFC. We move on to the AFC, the Saturday afternoon game, 4.30 p.m. game, six and three seeds going. The Las Vegas Raiders taking on the Cincinnati Bengals. Powder. Raiders snuck into the playoffs. Yep. Joe Burrow, who knows what the deal is with his ankle, shouldn't play probably, but the factor. Yep. Do the Raiders have a shot? I think they might. I think sometimes a team that barely squeaks in, they get hyped up for the – especially the first game, they kind of want to prove that they deserve to be there. And I think if Joe Burrow is 100%, I think the Raiders, Raiders might be able to squeak this one out. And you know what? I kind of want upset. I kind of want to go against what probably a lot of people are saying. So I'm going to pick the Raiders. All right. Powder's going with the Raiders. I like it. Just to be different, I'm going to go Cincinnati. You know, I think that offense is just too good to, to kind of match up with the Raiders defense. Raiders defense isn't anything really to write home yeah. about. Derek Carr can bring you back into a game. I think the Raiders are going to make too many mistakes. They've had a lot of things go against them this year with Henry Ruggs, John Gruden, and everything else. So I'm going with the Bengals here. Mm -hmm. It's a square pick, but I'm going with it. So, And Matty DeRozier, he also took Cincinnati. So Powder's the difference in that one. Yeah. All right. Patriots-Bills, Saturday night game. I know we said the Bills are going to win. I know we said probably going to take care of business, but honestly, this is a fandom pick. This is a heart st- tugging at the heartstrings pick. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Give me the Patriots. Give me the Patriots. <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this, but give me the Patriots. <laughs> I, Go ahead, I, Powder. I can't do it. I just think the Bills are too good right now. I think the Patriots, like we said earlier, in the preview, they're ahead of schedule. So if you told me at the beginning of the year they would be in the playoffs, um, I think I'd be happy with it. You know, yes, obviously as a fan, I think they're going to make the playoffs every year, but I think them being in the playoffs is ahead of schedule, is a better year than what a lot of people probably thought. And I think that's just set up for the future, a very bright future, especially Mac Jones. But I'm just going to have to take the bills. That's fair because Manny DeRozier also took the Bills. I mean, I'm going to regret it as soon as the game's, like, starting. I'm going to say yeah. I wish I picked the Bills in the podcast. I really wish I picked the Bills. Yeah. But someone's got to be different. I'm going to be different. I... Patriots, please prove me wrong. Please. I'm begging you. 
Just one one playoff win. That's all I want. Yeah. Finally, last game on Sunday on in the AFC on Sunday night. It is the Sunday night 8-15 game. It is the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, we know who we're taking, right? No, yeah. Chiefs. Yeah, Kansas City. Thousand percent. The Chiefs, I still think, and I said this in our Couch Guy Sports group chat. I said that Tennessee might be the most dangerous if Derrick Henry comes back. But people reminded me that, hey, he might not be 100%. I mean, they reconvinced me because I had said this before when other people said that I was crazy. Chiefs are still the team to beat. Yes, they are. They have the experience. They've won a Super Bowl. They've been to the last two Super Bowls. As long as they have Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kill, uh, Nicole Hardman in that offense. And that offensive line has been so much better, especially adding a guy like Joe Tooney, who was on the Patriots last year. I can't see Kansas City losing this game unless Pittsburgh really brings it on defense, which I don't think they're going to do. Bye-bye, Ben Roethlisberger. Right off into the sunset, Big Ben. Well, not really because you're kind of a, a jerk, yeah. but you know, I'm not going to get into him. Yeah, scumbag. Uh, and Maddie DeRozier also took the Chiefs. So, Powder, you want to just give us a quick recap of all the picks? Yep. So, everybody picked the Buccaneers. Everybody picked the Cowboys. Um, Al and I both picked the Rams, but Maddie Pitt picked the Cardinals. I picked the Raiders, where both you and Maddie picked Cincinnati. Me and Maddie picked um, the Bills, where you picked the Patriots, and all three of us picked the Chiefs. All right. So some differences in there, a couple similarities. It's going to be fun the next couple of weeks to see yeah. what happens in these NFL playoffs. We will make sure to keep you updated. We are also going to keep you updated on a product that's going to help you whenever you want to just relax. And if you want to get a massage, we really don't want to have to leave the house. Look no further than our friends at Exogun because the Legends and Go podcast is brought to you by our friends also at Exogun. If you've done a workout and feel like you need a massage right after, we'll get that massage without leaving your house. Don't let pain and soreness slow you down anymore because Exogun revives muscle, boosts circulation, and releases energy so you can recover faster and live better. Exogun is portable, adjustable, powerful, and trusted by the pros to deliver the ultimate in-recovery experience. Gain back control of your body and achieve long-term pain relief with our friends at Exogun. Get 10% off with the code CGS10, that's CGS10, at checkout. Comes with a charger and a carrying case. Go get your Exogun today and treat yourself to a massage at a moment's notice. Really quick Celtics, really quick Bruins. We'll start with the Celtics. They've been looking a little bit better lately, winning a couple games. They beat the New York Knicks by 24 after losing embarrassingly in New York after blowing a 25-point lead. Beat the Indiana Pacers in overtime the other night, looking to beat Indiana again in Indiana and get back to 500. But real quick, Powder, I just want to talk about these couple comments made. One was made by Jalen Rose, who does all the national NBA stuff. Mm -hmm. He's on ESPN a ton. He's on Get Up and all that other stuff. And Kendrick Perkins. So Jalen Rose... He basically came out and said, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown should not be split apart. You keep building around them, which a lot of Celtics fans have said. And some irrational ones are like, break mm-hmm. them up. And I might have been one of them, but, you know, I, I, I digress. Mm-hmm. Kendrick Perkins comes out and says, Jalen Brown has a good game while Jason Tatum shoots six for 14 from the field. Carry on. And then Jason Tatum replies back and says, you can say one guy had a good game without, you know, bringing down another one. Yeah. So real quick, Powder, when you hear these comments from guys like the local guys like Kendrick Perkins and then a national guy like Jalen Brown, Jalen Rose, 
What does this say to you? Does this say the Celtics are going to try to build around Tatum and Brown? Do you think they're realistically going to trade him? What is your overall perspective when everything is said and done? I just think the uh, wow, I said the Patriots, the Celtics um, are just too invested in Brown and Tatum right now. Uh, obviously, I think maybe in a year or two it might be time to trade him if they can't build around them. But I still think the Celtics they want to keep building around them. I think they think they have two very good, excuse me, very good to close superstar caliber players that are corner pieces of a franchise. And I think in their minds, they think they're a couple pieces away, which if they can build around, I think this could be a championship contending team, but they failed a few times now to build around them, which I don't think is totally on Celtics management. Like you can't control Kyrie Irving. Obviously injuries happen with um, Hayward and then um, Kemba Walker, but it's just I think it's slowly getting time, but I don't think it's that time yet to pull the trigger. I think you keep maybe a year or two more trying to find that one or two pieces that really solidify you. And if you get one more piece, maybe hold on for another year and get that fourth piece that really makes the difference in the war in the team. So hopefully they can figure it out soon. They need to figure it out soon because I'm gonna tell you what, having guys like Dennis Schroeder. And, you know, as much as I love Ennis Freedom and Al Horford and stuff like that, these guys aren't the pieces. You know, if you want to go out and get Carl Anthony Towns and you want to play a two-big lineup with Williams and Towns, do it. Yeah. You want to go get Bradley Beal to get another elite shooter, do it. You need to make a move. Go yes, If you want to go do. get – right. If you want to get DeMontis Sabonis from Indiana, who's a double-double machine and is coming into his own as an NBA all-star, go get yeah. him. Make a move. Go get a pass-first point guard. You know, you said you were interest, so interested in Lonzo Ball before he went to Chicago. You know, go get that point guard that can help you. Go get that big man that can be a difference maker. Because right now, they don't have it. Yeah. But you have two guys, two cornerstones, and Jason Taylor and Jalen Brown. Don't waste their primes, because if they request a trade and they leave, that's going to look really bad, and that's going to be egg on the face of Danny Ainge and Brad Stevens for what yeah. they their contributions to it. We'll transition real quick to the Bruins, unless any other final Celtics takes, or you want to go right to Bruins? No, we can go to Bruins. Bruins really quick. Uh, Tuga Rask signed a one-year deal, so he's on the Bruins for the rest of the year. Jeremy Swayman sent down to Providence. This, this, I will say this. The Bruins have been really good in January. I think they've rattled off like five of their last six games or something like that. So they've been hot to start out the new year. I think maybe the getting COVID and just like resetting and everything could have helped. Who knows? Yeah. But – with Tuca in the fold, you have Tuca and Linus Olmark, who you signed over from Buffalo in the offseason. Is Tuca Rask the missing piece to get them back to Stanley Cup contenders powder? I don't know if he's the missing piece, but sometimes getting that veteran that everybody's comfortable around and kind of knows the culture, knows um, what to do. I think, and especially these guys, one, I think they really want to win one for Tuca because They've been there, what, twice with Tuca and lost twice. So I think they want one last chance at giving him a ring because I think Tuca is going to go down as one of the better goaltenders, if not best goaltenders in Bruins history. And he just does not have that hardware that goes with that. And it's just – it sucks because, in all honesty, Bruins should have won at least one of those, but they've lost both of them. And 
I think the Bruins are going to play a little bit harder um, behind him. It makes sense because you know what? And I like Tuka. I'm a Tuka guy. I think yeah. Tuka got a bad rep here by a lot of irritable Bruins fans. But it also makes me think, are they really dissatisfied with the way Jeremy Swayman's playing? Because obviously Allmark or Swayman had to go down. Probably yeah. wasn't going to be Allmark because he signed a three-year deal. So if you really have either Allmark or Swayman, Swayman's the logical move to go down to Providence. But if they were both playing like extremely well, you wouldn't really need Tuka back. But yeah. this is telling me. You need to go back in net. Maybe, like you say, get that veteran leadership, get that guy that's a part of the core, a guy that wants to be here, has yeah. said repeatedly to either Bruins or nobody. So, you know, and it's a one-year deal. So it's like, you know what? They're like, you know what? Let's bring him back, see what he can do. And if he helps us, great. If not, it's only for a year. Yeah. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how they play mm-hmm. it out. I wouldn't surprise me if they started Allmark for the next couple games and then get Tuka in there a little bit here and there, but you know, to all the Tuca lovers out there, you know, former CGS uh, blogger, now fans, I blogger, Kaylee Aller being one of them, Diego Galvis, another one. Like there's a lot of Tuca people out there. Mm-hmm. Jared Scali, an anti Tuca guy, which I still don't understand why. Just weird, <laughs> but weird. Very weird. Jared's a, no, I like Jared. Jared's a good guy, but that, yeah. that take is just very, very weird. But anyways, Tuca's back should help. And what also helps is having a good place to go sit down, have a bite to eat, relax with the family, relax with your friends yeah. or your loved ones. And Powder is going to tell you about it. It is A&B Kitchen and Bar. Tell yeah. us more about it, Powder. Especially talking about the Bruins and Celtics. Why not before or after game, head right across the street from the TD Garden and go A&B Kitchen and Bar. Like I said, A&B Kitchen and Bar is located in Boston, just across the street on Causeway Street. Um, it's the newest spot to meet up before or after a game for dinner and drinks, offering an elevated take on traditional New England pub menu, freshly made in-house dishes like chicken pot pie, meatloaf made with a gankly raised beef from Name and Ranch, local clams and antelope sausage, or locally caught fish and chips. Draft beers from area breweries like Gentile Brewery and Beverly Mass, Lord Hobo, and Notch pair perfectly as well. Looking for patio dining? Um, A&B Kitchen has a raised patio with spectacular views of the garden and the Zakem Bridge. With um, heaters, you can enjoy the outdoor scene for extended season. Also, 32 feet of open garage doors along Causeway Street and 16 feet along Beverly Street. You can in, you can eat inside, but have all the benefits of open-air dining experience. Don't have tickets, but want to watch a game amongst fans. A&B is a place... With nine installed 70-inch TVs, there isn't anywhere inside you cannot say is a bad seat. Open Monday through Sunday at 3 p.m., but there's a day game at the Garden. They open at 11 a.m. Shout out to our friends at A&B Kitchen and Bar. Great owners, great people. Yeah. You're in the Boston area. Make sure to check it out. Tell them the Legends Lingo guys sent you. Final topic. A little bit of baseball because both of us are baseball guys. Baseball yeah. is our number one sports. Uh, Seiya Suzuki. I think that's his name, right? Yes. Okay, good. Seiya Suzuki, coveted outfielder, played in the Japanese league. I went on Koji Uhara, former Red Sox closer, Koji Uhara's podcast. Koji Uhara, electric personality. Yeah. Basically, it was like, so you're going to come to Boston? Seiya Suzuki's like, I, I can't disclose that information, blah, blah, blah. 
it made it sound like that he wants to come to Boston. Yeah. So I guess, Pato, what I just want to ask you is if Suzuki ends up signing here once the lockout's over, is it a situation where the Red Sox have filled a need or is this just, you know, maybe it's a, it's a hype name to get fans excited? Um, it, Japanese players are always truly hard to predict how they will do. There's some who come over. Ichiro's one of them that just absolutely rakes and dominates at this level, but there are some that don't translate well. But I think it's something that might fill a need. Maybe it's knocking Kyle Swarber back and having um, Suzuki take over that position kind of as an outfielder and maybe teach him first base and have that power bat. But we'll see. But I think the Red Sox, I think Koji Uhara, if he's close to the this guy, Suzuki, maybe that's influence that the Red Sox need to push over the edge and get him, get him to sign here. And I just think adding a new piece could be good. Could, like you said, get some hype around him, get hype around the name and get the fans excited and hope and hopefully it helps the Red Sox build towards their ultimate goal and winning another championship because they were a lot closer than a lot of people thought this past year. Right. He's definitely a name. And he's a name that's intriguing because we don't know a lot about him. We know he's a power guy a little bit, you know, supposed to be a really good hitter, you know, pretty good arm in the outfield, you know, just stuff like that. And honestly, it might make sense because a guy like J.D. Martinez, after he plays in 2022 in Boston, he's going to be gone. There's no doubt about it. You know, and then if Kyle Schwarber signs elsewhere before, you know, the season yeah. starts in 2022. That's another outfielder gone. Hunter Renfro, you traded and you got back Jackie Bradley Jr. Yeah. So in that outfield, it's going to be something along the lines of like Bradley Jr. is going to be in center. Verdugo is probably going to be, he's going to be yeah. in one of the corner outfield pieces. And then, uh, you know, what else is there really? Kike. You know, Kike Hernandez. That's another name that's out there, yeah. you know, or that's another name that can play the outfield for the Red Sox. So Suzuki would intrigue me. I would want to see him a little bit first before I really get excited. Yeah. And I think that's going to be their big signing because there was a report that came out. And I saw a couple of blogs about it. Red Sox are going to sign a couple of shortstops once the, once the lockout ends. I don't think it's going to be a guy like Carlos Correa. I think he's going to end up with a team like, I don't know, like the, the Yankees or something like that. I don't yeah. know. But Suzuki is a guy that really, really intrigues me to see what he can do at the big league level. So we'll see, but powder does have a point that he wants to make yep. and then we're going to wrap up for the week. So powder, take it away. Yeah. For, I just want to start by congratulating Rachel Volkovic on becoming the first ever female manager at affiliated pro level. That means like minor leagues affiliated with uh, major league baseball. She is the high a manager in Tampa for the Yankees. And from, I haven't done a ton of research on her from, from the little I've done, I think she deserves it. She's been in pro baseball for over 10 years in different roles. And since 2019, been the hitting coach for this team, this farm team for the Yankees. So she's proven, she's proven in, and one thing I saw, I forget who tweeted out, but someone tweeted out, Bill Belichick never played in the NFL. He came up as a coach. And look at him now. Just because you didn't play at the highest level does not mean you are necessarily a bad coach or a good coach. Al and I can attest to it being travel baseball coaches. Just because someone played in college or playing pro ball 
Does that mean they're a great coach? No. It's the guys who it's the guys and girls who dedicate themselves to the game, whatever sport that is, whether it be football, basketball, hockey, whatever, tennis, whatever. If you dedicate yourself to that game to learn that game and figure it out, I think anybody in this world can be a good coach. And but and I was talking to some of the guys I work with, and I do agree with it. It's more at this point, GMs make the lineups. A lot of the decisions, especially at the lower levels of minor league baseball, are predetermined. Like, okay, this guy's going to throw 75 pitches this game and so on and so forth. But to get to the higher level, it's more how you are in the clubhouse and how guys relate to you and stuff like that. And I think that we'll see how it is having a female voice at the head of the clubhouse, but you never know. It could be a great change of pace for – um for the sport and you know what I think there will be someday in maybe 10 years that we see a female manager I think the NBA is going to be the first league of the four major sports to have a female head coach I think that's going to happen very soon but I think baseball is not going to be far behind and have the first female manager at some point and I think We'll see if it's a good thing or a bad thing. Sometimes some stuff is done just for publicity and for eyes and views, but you never know. Maybe she can become a winner and help a franchise become win a World Series at the highest level. So we'll see. We shall see indeed. Getting more women involved in the game is great, and getting more women involved in pro sports in general is great. I think the Red Sox have a hitting coach that's in there too. And you know what, if, if you're good enough to coach and you're good enough to show the best of the best, how to become even better, you do it. Oh yeah. Plain simple. So shout out there. That's where we're going to leave it. Remember rate subscribe to the legend single podcast on iTunes, Spotify. Uh, what else? SoundCloud Anchor. anchor, right? Everywhere that you can get a podcast, make sure to check it out again. Check out couchguysports.com. I write on there. Powder writes on there. I've been slacking on the blogs lately, but I'm going to get back on it. Powder's going to get back next, on it. Next week, look for my blog on Tuesday. My first blog back in a long time. Next next Tuesday, Powder's going to be back. Check out yeah. all the other great podcasts in the network. Uh, Tuck Rule Takes, our Patriots podcast. Raptors podcast, our Celtics podcast. Into the Triangle, our Red Sox podcast. And then Shorthanded Takes, our Bruins podcast. And there's a bunch of other ones on there. Yeah. Around the Diamond, General Baseball. There's a lot of great podcasts on there. So make sure to check it out. Get on the Couch Guy Sports bandwagon while you can. If nothing else for this week, that's Tom Powder Cadmus. I'm your host, Alan Hagan. Maddie DeRosa will hopefully be back next week. We're going to work on it. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week for episode 156. Yes, sir.